The Small Queendom Podcast, Episode 3. Well, hey there. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you would join me again. And I want to say hello and thank you to all of you who have rated and reviewed this podcast on iTunes. I cannot believe when I open up iTunes, type in Small Queendom, there it is. And people are actually loving my first two episodes. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I wanted to read a couple reviews and some of the messages that I received. Morgan says, thank you for creating this, Leah. Can't wait to learn more from you. Five stars. Thank you, Morgan. Kayla says, I'm smiling from ear to ear after listening and feeling so recharged. Got another message in a text, and this one was so incredibly special, you all. Loved the podcast. I really needed to hear it today. I have started taking organ lessons this week, and the self-doubt is real. Even though it is something I've always wanted to do, fear and self-doubt keep creeping in and making me want to give up. Your podcast has inspired me to keep with it. So thanks for doing a podcast. You all, this blessed my heart like you would not even believe. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time to rate, review, and let me know what those first two episodes meant to you. Thank you so much. My goal with this is to help you create an inspiring queendom in your daily life and move from merely surviving to thriving. I want you to grab onto one little nugget and see where it can fit in. Did you know that if you move the needle on the progress of your life 1% consistently, that will build up over and over and over. Think if you said, I'm going to work on 1% this month. Think by the end of 10 months, you've improved your life 10%. That is crazy. So just take one nugget here. All right, we all love a good underdog story, right? I'm sure many of us can think about times in our life when we have been the underdog and have come out on top. So I have a couple stories to tell you today. I hope that's okay. And with these episodes where it's just solo for me, don't worry, next week I've got a great interview for you. But when it's just me, I want to be able to take this time for us to get to know each other a little bit. And, you know, my life has had a lot of twists and turns and zigs and zags, probably much like you. But the story I want to tell you about today actually comes from high school. I know high school, that dreaded time of life, at least it was for me. During high school, things were a little bit crazy in my life. Um, There was a time period where I was homeless with my mother for three weeks, and then we lived in a hotel. And we then moved into a trailer that was in a trailer park that had received 400 calls to the police the year prior. So not so cool. Then once I got to 11th grade, we moved to a new town and I entered public school for the very first time. Up until that point, I had been homeschooled for nine years. And then my 10th grade, I was in a private school. And then I entered public school in a new town. I didn't know anyone. Needless to say, it was a very difficult year, especially that first day when someone spilled ketchup on my new yellow blouse. Now I didn't get a lot of new clothes, but that was a new shirt and it had ketchup on it on my first day. 
I know, horrible. So I felt like I was the underdog for a long time. And I realized very quickly that I could only control how I showed up. I promised myself that the bad times were not going to be my entire life, that there was a bright future ahead. I would close my eyes and say, this is not forever. And I would move as if I was thinking about that 30-year-old self. Really, I can remember closing my eyes and thinking about my life when I would be about 30. And if I'm honest, it is very similar to what I imagined. Happily married, successful children, you know, taken names. And so that has been very powerful. But I want to tell you a quick story. During that awkward year, during my junior year of high school, I found something called mock trial. So mock trial is basically if you take what would be theater, but instead of a script that you perform or a, a musical like or drama or something like that or a comedy, it instead is a trial and you perform this case. So there are attorneys and there are witnesses. And that first year, I was actually an alternate for one of the witnesses. Basically, that means I didn't get to perform. Well, our team did such a good job that we were able to advance to the national competition. Amazing. And I don't know how, but we ended up being able to split our team, which had a decent amount of number, to team A and team B. Basically, team A was what it sounds like. All the people with experience, and they were awesome. And team B was all of us rookies and newbies, all right? So fast forward a little bit, we practiced throughout the summer, multiple days a week in small groups as a big group as a whole, working with the coaches. It was a huge time commitment and it was really fun. I was two different witnesses. I was a, two different expert witnesses, actually, a psychologist and a security expert. Now I was 16 years old. I didn't know anything about psychology and heck if I knew anything about security, but I had to fake it until I made it, baby. We go to the competition in Williamsburg, Virginia. It was three days. It was so much fun, you know, running this case one side against another team from a different school on the other side. So much fun. We get to the award ceremony at the end of day three, and a couple of our people get some awards, like a witness award or an attorney award, and then they even got to best overall attorney, and one of the girls from the A team got that. And then they, they got to the point where they said, and now the award for best overall witness in the nation. And who do you think they called? Me, Leah. Little Leah, first year in public school, didn't know what to do, you know, free lunch, couldn't afford anything. And here I was getting called for the best overall witness in the nation. I was on the B team. I think they forgot that. Like, hello, B team here don't know what I'm doing. And I won that award. Now, obviously I don't want to be the person that like <laughs> goes back to high school all the time when I'm talking about memory lane, but that was a really big moment for me. And I learned a lot in that process. Of course, the whole team, everyone from my school erupted in applause and it was so much fun. And I would love that I could bring that glory to our coaches who had worked so hard, but it brought a lot of clarity for me. It showed me that no matter what is going on around me, that I am in control on how I show up, that I can bring my A game even to the B team. So dear friend, think about what you are doing right now, what business you're in, what your career is doing. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom just trying to keep your kids alive. 
Maybe life has dealt you a hand. Maybe you have experienced some kind of tragedy recently and it feels like a huge setback. You feel like you are not even on the B, the B team. You're actually a bench warmer on the B team. I want you to be encouraged because you can still show up. You can still make waves and you can still be a success. Now, before I break down all those points, we just need to talk. Because now that we're friends, you need to know that I love movies. I love to talk about movies. I love to do the one-liners. I love to listen to the whole soundtrack on like YouTube or on iTunes and, and imagine all of the, uh, the scenes that the music evokes. I mean, for heaven's sakes, if you've seen Pride and Prejudice where Mr. Darcy you know, played by Matthew McFadden and Kira Knightley are dancing solo in that scene. That violin solo is what I'll walk down the aisle to. I love movies. One of my very favorite movies is the 90s version of Sabrina. Yes, I love the Audrey Hepburn version, but the 90s version brings it alive. I mean, you've got Sidney Pollack directing, you've got John Williams with the music, you've got Harrison Ford, Julia Armand, Greg Kinnear, and it is 90s glamour, baby. I love it. If you have not seen this movie, you have to see it. And if you have seen this movie, let me know if you love it because we need to geek out together. I probably watch this movie 20, 30, 40 times. I don't know. I watch it a couple times a year, probably. Not to give you a spoiler, but basically the story is Sabrina Fairchild is the daughter of a chauffeur, Mr. Fairchild. And Mr. Fairchild is the chauffeur to a mogul family, the Larrabees. Mr. Fairchild has spent 25 or 30 years driving the Larrabee family to and from work. Basically, for all the moms out there that sit in car line every day during school, that was Mr. Fairchild's life. So he read a lot and he washed a lot of cars. But towards the end of the movie, Mr. Fairchild reveals how he brought his A-game even to a seemingly B-team situation. I actually cut a little bit of the audio for this, and I want you to take a listen to this. When your mother and I first came here, she cooked and I drove, and we had no expenses. After a couple of years, we had $15,000. I was driving Mr. Larrabee Sr. at the time. He never closed the window between us. He transacted a lot of business on the daily commute. And I paid attention. When he bought, I bought. When he sold, I sold. Dad, are you telling me you have a million dollars? No. A little over two million. Your mother and I were happy here, Sabrina. We always dreamed of what it would be like to do this for you. Two million dollars might have exceeded her expectations. But then you've always exceeded mine. Oh, pitter-patter. That scene always makes me want to get teary-eyed and cry. I love it so much when he reveals that even though he's been driving a car, he has got this enormous gift to give his daughter. Oh my goodness. So let's unpack what Mr. Fairchild did and what little old Leah did on the B team of the mock trial. So if you take one thing from me today, I want you to take this. Control your controllables. What in the world do I mean by controlling your controllables? 
you cannot change the weather. You cannot alter how people respond, react, do, or don't show up. You can't control all of the ins and outs of other people's actions, but you can do your job with excellence. You have the ability to take your hands and whatever is put before you to get it done. So how do you control your controllables? I've got a few points for you. Number one, do those tasks with with excellence. Carve out whatever time you need to practice whatever you need to do. If you are in business, if you need to close your sales better, then you get in front of the mirror and you practice until your pitch is perfect, until your pitch is natural, until your pitch makes sense. If you are an Uber driver, take some time to learn your city, clean out your car, detail it, do whatever you need to do to make sure that that experience is an excellent experience for your people. If you are a mom, heck, there's a lot of things you can do. But one of the best things that you can do is show up as your best self. So you need to be taking care of yourself, dear mother. The second way that you can control your controllables is to be coachable. You need to approach this task, even if you're on the B team, with humility. What can you learn from this situation? Humility is not self-deprivating. It's not apologizing all the time. No one wants to be around someone that's saying, I'm sorry, all the time. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just simply thinking of yourself less. So being coachable means that you seek out the important teachers and you learn from them. You take their constructive feedback. You let them tweak things here and there. You listen to their conversations with other people and glean those nuggets. Be coachable. All right, the next tip is to stay committed. You know, for me, I just didn't want to um, let down my team because I was two witnesses for the mock trial competition. And that would have been a lot if I didn't show up. Matter of fact, one of the days I was running a fever. I don't know how, but I was I came down with some kind of bug. And I did two different performances of that trial with a fever, not feeling well. And later that night, I didn't even go out with everyone. I went back to the dorms where we were staying and went to bed early. But I still showed up for my team. If you tell someone, yes, you're going to do it, then finish it. It seems left and right, people in, you know, my dealings, they will say yes to me, but then something else better might come up or something gets a little hard and they abandon ship. I mean, that's not cool. When you don't follow through with your word, when you, when you are not remaining committed to a task or to whatever is in front of you, you're telling the world, don't count on me. So show up for yourself Show up for your team, show up for your family, and stay committed. All right, my last tip for controlling the controllables is your mindset. I want you to move your mindset instead of going to your goal. I want you to move as if you are coming from your goal. Imagine if you are already there. Imagine if you on that B team, even if you are bench warming the B team, imagine what that goal is and move at it from that. Have a conversation with yourself as if you were talking to yourself who has achieved that goal. 
I mean, for me, my goal was to not embarrass myself. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to learn about security. I'm going to learn about a little bit of psychology. I'm going to memorize these scripts because I don't want to make a dang fool of myself. And I imagine what it would be like to be a competent witness. You know, for Mr. Fairchild, he was coming at his goal of giving his daughter something beautiful and something wonderful and some security so she could be her own woman. I love that. So even though he was driving a car, he was coming from his goal of providing for his daughter. It is so awesome. So those are my tips. I want you to pick one and move the needle 1%. Control the controllables. Do your tasks with excellence. Number two, be coachable. Number three, be capable. Number four, stay committed. And number five, your mindset. Work at it from your goal, not to your goal. And the last thing I will say was this nugget of advice from my vocal teacher when I was in college. I was having some self-doubt because if I'm honest, I'm not that great of a singer, but I work really, really hard. And he said, Leah, any day of the week, anyone will pick someone with B talent, but with a A work ethic over someone who has A talent but has no work ethic to follow up. So even if you feel like the odds are stacked against you, you can control those controllables and really show up and bring your A-game to that B team. All right, I have a new segment for you called Ask Leah. I recently put out into social media the question, if you want to ask me something, what would it be? Well, I've got several things, and the first one was, what's your favorite Bible verse, and what is your favorite book of the Bible? Well, I think that it's kind of hard to answer that because it's always changing, right? It's always shifting with the way, you know, the ebbs and flows of my life. So if I had to say my favorite book of the Bible Right now is probably John, and my favorite verse comes at the end of a couple just life-changing sections of John where Jesus is really giving, you know, those last words to his disciples right before he goes to face the cross. And in this section of John 14, 15, and 16, he says those, you know, those monumental life-changing words, I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he says those I am statements. So at the end of these three chapters, he sums it all up. Even though he's spoken clearly about the Father, he's spoken clearly about the Holy Spirit coming after to be that comforter, that 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 Trinity picture really coming in, all of those words of comfort. He says this verse in John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is probably one of my favorite verses. You know, there is trust in a relationship when you know what to expect. Now, I'm not talking about the fun little delights and surprises and showings of affection. But really, if we're talking about a a relationship we can trust... We know what to expect from the other person. When I 
was getting married to Adam, I made those promises. I promised to love, honor, cherish you. I promised to be with you in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. You know, those promises that I'm going to be there, I'm going to be faithful to you, that's really important. And this is what Jesus is doing here. He tells us, you're going to have a hard time. He tells us that word tribulation means pressure, anguish, toil, distress, trial. It means really hard stuff. You all, life is so hard. We've recently had a huge tragedy in our community where um, a family is dealing with the loss of a little baby boy. And it's, it is so hard. Life is so hard. It falls on us. People make bad choices. And a lot of times we are left to pick up the pieces. And Jesus tells us in this verse that that trouble is going to happen. But that's not the last word. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's why that's probably my favorite verse. Because through all the stuff I've been through in my life, being on the B team for a long time, I've always known that this wasn't the end of my story. Because Jesus has already overcome it all. So that's my favorite verse. All right, the next question I have is, Leah, what is in your purse? All right, well, I have to be honest that my purse is probably not that interesting because I've had shoulder issues in the past that I've had to visit a chiropractor before and it's taught me to keep my purse light. So I try to keep a minimal approach to my purse. I only have a wallet, a very small wallet that only contains exactly what I need. So my most necessary cards and then it's very small. I can actually put it in my pocket if I'm not carrying my purse. I usually have several tubes of lipstick because I'm notoriously putting on my lipstick last and in the car. And I usually have either Elia brand or Crunchy brand on my lips. Um, Usually a pair or two of earrings are in my purse because Sweet Peter always grabs my earrings out of my ears. So I always put my earrings on in the car on the go. And then I probably have some variety of a baby snack and a diaper and a pack of wipes in there. And then depending depending or not, if I've taken the trash or the receipts out of my purse, there's probably a little bit of extra receipts in there. And then of course I have my oil bag. Now oils I always keep with me are Balance, Aroma Touch, Frankincense, Helichrysum, Peppermint, Cheer, and Patchouli, and then maybe a couple more, and always my On Guard hand sanitizer. And now because it's 2018, so many other things that I would actually keep in my purse, I have actually put into apps on my phone. So I'll go ahead and tell you that. So lately I've recently found a new artist that I love. Her name is Kat Edmondson and particularly the album is called Old Fashioned Gal. This is really for you if you thought they don't make good music anymore, which that's not true, but if you like more of an old fashioned music, like a 50s style jazz, you will love Kat. Her first three tracks, I just keep playing over and over. So Sparkle and Shine, I'd Be a Fool, and A Voice. Love those. So check those out. The other thing that is on my phone that would be in my purse if we weren't so technologically inclined would be some books. Currently, my book club is working through East of Eden by John Steinbeck. So I've been enjoying that one, though it's a little long. So I've been trying to get that done. But I also have a slew of other books that I've listened to. And one of them is one I want to make sure that you have jumped on the bandwagon about. And it is Rachel Hollis's Girl, Wash Your Face. Girl, Wash Your Face is a no-nonsense approach to get you out of the mud of the lies that you are believing about yourself and get out. Rachel has this amazing way to tell her story about transformation 
of through the 20 lies that she has believed about herself or about her life. And you will truly find yourself nodding your head and saying, yeah, girl, preach, woohoo. I mean, it is awesome. Go to Pinterest, type in Girl, Wash Your Face, Rachel Hollis, and you will have a hundred options of cool screenshots of quotes. One of my favorite quotes from the book is someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. Shoo, speaking to my people-pleasing heart. Love that, Rachel. So she is awesome to follow as well on Instagram. She has some great stories. She and her husband do an Instagram live every Monday morning, so be sure to check her out and check out that book. And that is pretty much what's in my purse. All right, one last thing before we go. I have actually launched a giveaway in celebration of my podcast launch. And so I'm actually going to be giving away a couple of these things I've just mentioned. So I'm giving away a hard copy of Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. I'm giving away a gift card for Starbucks. You can get Starbucks every single day for a whole week and enjoy that on me. And then the last item in the giveaway is a bottle of doTERRA Balance. And that bottle of Balance is my favorite oil. It helps me keep from feeling like I'm on an emotional roller coaster, helps me stay grounded, patient, centered, and, and, and strong. I love it on my back after I visit the chiropractor and on my feet. It's my mommy reset, and it's when my kids are being cranky, there it goes up and down their back. So check out the show notes and enter my giveaway, and I would love for you to win it. And there's a few ways that you can enter in a few times and get extra entries. I'm really excited about that. So be sure to check out the show notes. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much again for joining me. Please, please, please find me on Instagram. I want to get to know you, my new friend. And if you have two seconds, this is life for my podcast. Please hit subscribe rate and review and it just does the world for this and if you can think of one person who is trying to bring their a game to the b team and you feel like they can get any value out of this i would love for you to click that share button and send them the link to this podcast because i want to help as many women as humanly possible live their most beautiful inspiring life every day in their queendom and move from merely surviving to thriving until next time you take care my dear friend Bye.